Life Audio. Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Boys, it's been uh, a few weeks since we've all been together. And uh, despite having three weeks to think about it, um, we didn't come up with anything to talk about today except listeners suggested topics. Uh, but we have some good ones on tap, including something about your dad pipe. People love it when we talk about your dad. Um, something about Theo bros. And we'll get to all that after this quick break. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, we're back. Uh, you know that if something gets to me via text, uh, it's already gotten to everybody else like a week earlier. But I had I had somebody text me, Pipe, uh, a link to a video of your dad uh, preaching a sermon, gesticulating wildly during the sermon as he is wont to do. And then his Apple Watch going off because it thought <laughs> that he was in an accident. And um, there are many directions to take this. His his reaction was perfect. Uh, he played it for laughs. He was in control of the moment, which was kind of fun. Um, but it sort of speaks to the technology part of our lives. It speaks to uh, the technology part of pastors' lives. And it was just a good John Piper moment. It was a good uh, reminder. Hey, everybody, John Piper still exists, still out there doing his thing. Um what was your experience with this pipe? And and sub question, how do you feel when people text you or share things about your dad? Like, do you get <laughs> sick of it? Are you like, ah, again, um, where are you at on either of those things? So my experience with it, I we were up in Minnesota over Christmas and so spent it with my parents. And so I heard about it from the source first. Um, you know, my dad was just chuckling and sort of making fun of himself. You know, could this, yeah. this ridiculous thing happened and he's kind of shook his head. And and so and my comment was, man, I hope there's video of that. That would be hilarious. And then like five days later, it starts pinging all over, you know, Christian social media and people are amused by it. And I, I love that it was it was just amusing. You know, it wasn't one of like there is nothing yeah. controversial about this. It's very rare that we get a pastor moment. <laughs> exactly. That's just yeah. fun. Like there's no, yep. you know, I guess we could probably spin this into like boy, did he handle that in a redemptive way, but let's not ruin the fun. Like it was just a lighthearted <laughs> yeah. moment. Um, yeah. 
the, now, the, sec- do- the second question, how do I feel when people text me this? There's always a sense of dread. Hey, did you yeah. see what your dad dot, dot, dot? And the answer is, oh, no. Oh, no. What has happened now? Not not because he's going to yeah. do anything to, like, shame himself, but just what controversy has he been embroiled in? Has he commented on? What did somebody say about him that, you know, I'm expected to have an opinion about? Those kinds of things. So when it was this, it was just this great sense of like relief and it, and it, and it increased my enjoyment of the moment. Oh, I love it. So, so when there's a controversy, like a fresh controversy, what's the timetable? Do you know that you're looking at like two to three days of angry, hostile tweets and people texting and just crap that you have to deal with? Or how, how long does it typically last? I'm. I, I'm this is one of those areas where I'm a lot more like you. I get it on the back. Like okay. everybody else has been pissed about something for 48 hours before I know it exists. <laughs> Cause this is going to sound more disrespectful than I intended to be. I don't pay attention to what my dad does. Um, yeah. You know, I don't, I, I don't follow Desiring God's website. You know, there are those who are sort of tracking him either because they love him or because they love to try to catch him and saying something they don't like. Uh, yeah. And I don't pay attention to it. So um, I miss all that stuff. And I pretty intentionally try to mute um, a lot of the, the, the more reactive people so that, yeah. I, I, you know, that stuff just doesn't enter my feed. So I'm, I'm a lot more like you. It's like once it's made it to me, I'm like, oh, I don't even want to read the comments on this. I know that they're they're just pages of people defending him and, you know, harassing him and, right. and whatever. So, and this between. this was one that, you know. By the time it came to me via text, I was like, oh, there's there's no controversy about this. This is good. <laughs> we survived. Awesome. It's all good. Just just fun. <laughs> yeah. OK, I've, I've got Apple Watch questions for both of you as, <laughs> as pastors. Um, baby, do you do you preach in an Apple Watch? I, I don't own one. I don't even have one. I don't have one either, dude. Yeah. Um, why do you not have that? You seem like a guy who enjoys collecting tech. Like why? Why no Apple Watch? Um, I mean, I'm, I don't really collect tech and I, I don't, I've never worn a watch. And mm. so, um, I actually like watches. I like the way they yeah. look, yeah. but I, they, they bother me and I've never been able to adapt to having that thing hanging on my wrist, but yeah. I like a, uh, like I just bought this, like kind of this reissue kind of vintage 1930s kind of like watch design thing that I found. I just bought it cause I liked it. I'll probably wear it like twice this year, but it just, it's more yeah. of an accessory, not because I need to know the time like everybody else. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, You know, me and Big M talked about, the, oh, should we get the Apple Watch? Like, is that going to enhance our lives? And we're just mm. looking at each other, making hand motions, going, yeah, I think that's our answer. I, I, I don't know. We're just, we just don't have one. We never got one. Way to talk about it as a couple, though. That's good. That's good marriage stuff for sure. <laughs> um, now, what are you what are you up there on the podium with when you preach? Are you going off an iPad or like analog notes or what? What are what are we looking at up there? Yeah, I'm just I print it out. So I just okay. I have I have my piece. I only do one piece of paper. So it's yeah, you know, it's just one. Yeah. One sheet of very thick, beautiful, white blank paper with my with my notes on it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um Piper, what do you do? Are you a notes guy, an iPad guy? Uh, Apple Watch. I, Apple I don't watch? have it. I don't have an Apple Watch. I, I had one for a few years, and uh, I realized I only used it for the fitness side of it, and everything else about it yeah. I hated. Uh, it kept mm. it kept you know because it it was it was the rudest thing, or it made me rude. You know, it would buzz with a oh, text. 100%. So I, 
Yeah. I would look at my watch while talking to somebody else and nothing gives the signal of, I want to get out of here more than looking at your watch. <laughs> and so yeah. I was like, this is not, so I just switched to the Fitbit because I only want it for helping me keep track of, of fitness and calories and those kinds of things. And that's mm. all the Fitbit does. So yeah. it, well, I mean, it's a watch too, but that's, I, it works better for me. Um, well, pipe, that was our, I mean, if I can cut in, like that was, that was our motivation. That was our motivation at the end of the day is that, it's one of those distracting things where like a phone, like you can just leave your phone in your bag or you can turn it upside down, which I'll do a lot <laughs> yeah, of times. Right. Just kind of shove it out of the way on the table or if I'm, you know, at a restaurant or something. That's mm-hmm. kind of typically what I do. Or I just keep it in my bag. Um, but like the watch thing, you can't escape. And then, yeah, you experience that whole thing where a guy has one eye on you and one eye on his watch the whole time. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I just don't want to be that guy, you know? Yeah, Totally. I've I've gesticulating wildly questions for the two of you as, as pastors. Um, where where are you both at on the like wild gesticulation um, spectrum? Like ten being ten being you're about to take off and fly due to all the arm flapping, and one being like you know uh, somebody's taking your pulse because you haven't moved in six minutes. I have a, I have a sub question. This is specifically for Ronnie because yeah. of all you know we have we have spent millions of words on one another and been in the same mm-hmm. place several times, but never in a preaching context that I can recall. So I've never seen yeah. Ronnie preach. So the, the, the sub question is how many steps do you take when you preach? Are you like a stay at the, stay at the mm-hmm. podium? Are you a pace the whole stage? Are you like two steps on either side of the podium? Does it change whether it's like <laughs> preaching or like giving a, a talk at a conference? I have, I have lots of questions yeah. about this, but so Let's go full body motion, Ronnie. What what is your what is your mobility on stage as you as you preach and present? Yeah, I tend to I tend to cover about like a four to five foot range where I kind of I kind of go back and forth. Um, Okay. I just I don't like just I'm uncomfortable just standing there because I am very I I am very movie and I, I and I'm super like moving. So if I just let myself go without any thought, I mean, I look like a maniac up there. (laughs) <laughs> um, because I just, I'm so expressive in how I talk and it, like I pull, like using hand motions helps me pull the thoughts out of me. It helps me think better, but I don't, I also don't want to be that crazy dude. So I'm, I'm always like trying to moderate that so that it's not distracting so that everybody's, because you can see, you can tell you're looking down and you see people that have this sort of this mild smirk on their face. And it's like, Oh, that it's not because you said something funny or amazing. It's because you are literally talking like a maniac up on the platform. Yeah, you're, you're so caricaturing like, yourself. You are. And I and I and it's funny because I'm not necessarily bothered by guys like your dad who do that. I actually I don't even think much about it, but I'm super aware of it in myself. And it really bothers me that mm-hmm. I'm that I'm overly expressive like that. So I'm always so here's the rub. I'm always trying to put a lid on it. And then those those weeks where I'm super conscious of it and I'm trying to put an extra heavy lid on it, then I'm just not being myself. And everything else mm. suffers. So at some point, it's just like, dude, just do you know, just do what you do and quit overthinking. I don't know, Piper. He's he's got four to five foot range. He's like Rudy Gobert. <laughs> I am exactly like Rudy Gobert. That's exactly what I was yeah. going to say. Exactly but his, but man, say. but man, his field goal percentage inside of five feet. Oh, he's dude, it's league leading. It's like seventy one percent on the A to B. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, seventy one percent is about what Rudy Gobert shoots inside five feet. So know, way to go, Ronnie. That, hold that's hold why, that that's right out of that. your hat. I didn't he, say that because it was untrue. He's been studying basketball reference, but <laughs> Oh, is that um, basketball? It's <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought that was hockey. I thought sports. we were in the crease. Somebody say sports ball. Dude. Just somebody just say I'm not it. doing it, man. I'm not doing I'm respecting I hate it with guys. a white hot passion, but somebody say it. 
Piper, what what about you vis-a-vis uh, gesticulating wildly? Where are you at on that, on that I'm, spectrum? I'm different when I'm preaching versus like doing a breakout session at a conference, for example, because, mm-hmm. of course, we know I don't main mm-hmm. stage anywhere. We've discussed this mm-hmm. at length. Um, That's hard. Yeah. Pre- preaching, I I both do a, I, I do more of a manuscript than an outline which then necessitates yeah. staying a little closer to whatever kind of podium is there. Not because I read mm-hmm. it, but because I, I just want to keep it tight. I don't want to, I don't want to lose, lose the plot. And I feel like if I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm teaching on something or doing a breakout, there's just, there's more room for interactivity. There's more like, I, you know, you can kind of chase a rabbit down a trail for a couple of minutes and then come back to like, all right, we were on point three kind of thing. And, and it, and it makes it more engaging. And also that means I, I, can kind of use the whole space, you know. So if it's a twenty foot wide yeah. stage, I'll I'll go I'll go six eight feet on either side of the podium, just kind of pace back because it also feels like you can make better eye contact with all parts of the room when you kind of walk towards them and then turn around and walk towards the other side. But it's yeah, it's yeah. like it's two pretty different styles and comfort levels for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There's like there's a difference between the two things. Like if I'm doing like a teaching thing and I'm barely looking at my notes, it's like. I love that kind of interaction because it is more of a conversation than it is just a monologue. But baby, I've seen you now. I've seen you. You are you're a pretty good combo. I think you uh you're expressive, not overly expressive. I feel like you yeah. you generally stay behind. Like for a sermon, you yeah. generally stay kind of planted behind the the pulpit. Is that accurate? Yeah, it is, man. I'm a I'm a podium guy for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm staying behind the podium. You know, I'll I'll gesture a little bit, but probably nothing crazy. Um, yeah. Nothing nothing crazy. I have a I have an apparel question for for preaching, and this is one that I've been I've been rolling around for a while, and I've meant to ask you guys about it. Um, you see this, not to take it back to sports, but you see it on sports broadcasts, but you see it on just a lot of people now. How do we feel about guys wearing like athletic shoes with suits? Mm. I think it's infantile. <laughs> I think it looks absolutely ridiculous. And yet, like, r- real people do it. Like, real legitimate people are doing this. And I think it's just one of the dumber things I've ever, you know, witnessed in my lifetime. Um, my question to you guys is, I-, I, feel like the guy- I feel like the pastors who are, like, doing the look at my sneakers thing, they're wearing jeans. But are we running into any pastors out there who are preaching in suits and, like, tennis shoes either of you can answer oh yeah absolutely it's It's like a fashion's a fashion's a funny thing you know it's kind of it's trendy and it i think it's i think it sort of casualizes something so it allows i think it allows someone to say hey i'm i'm dressing appropriately or i'm you know i'm I'm look i'm looking like somebody who put some effort into it but i'm also somebody that you can relate to because i got my sneakers on that is absolutely ridiculous (laughs) i think we're gonna in six years, we're going to look back on this trend like we look at leisure suits from 1977. Here's, and, here's and the thing, though. Like, we're going to feel like, like all, yeah. Like all fashion, and, you know, being a white guy, this is a risky thing to say, but I'm just going to go for it. There are <laughs> things that that uh, black people can get away with that white people can't. Just fashion-wise, they look great on black people. Yeah. They look stupid as all get out on us. Um, yeah. Uh, suits and sneakers is one of those things. There's, yeah. there, there's a, I mean, the guys who I'm thinking of, I'm like, yeah, I don't think that looks ridiculous. Uh, all black guys and they pull it off. Yeah. They also have way better sense of what a fashionable sneaker is. And so they, they, they put it together and they look crisp. 
and then uh, uh-huh. and then you get white dudes to do it, and you're like, you look like a six year old on Easter. Like, yeah, uh, your mom your mom exactly. puts you in a suit, and you're like, all you have, and you're like, no, I'm I'm wearing my my Reebok pumps or my light up shoes or whatever. Like that's what a white dude <laughs> looks like that's when he's funny. wearing a suit and sneakers. Yeah, dude, major six year old at, at Easter vibes. That's the that's the perfect analogy. Um, baby, do you want to respond to like the you know, the, the racial hot takes that just got thrown I out mean, by Piper. All I can say is that January 11, 23 is the day Pipe got canceled. It's yeah. really that simple. You know? it, is Congrats, there a chat? Here's the deal. Every, every white dude, we can't say it out loud. Every white dude looks at the fashion sensibilities of so many black people and goes, I simply, just like we do athletic ability and things like that for, for different ones. And you're like, I, I wish I could keep up. I, I wish I was as good as. I'm sorry. I love you, but speak for yourself. I am Welcome speaking to Happy for Man Podcast. <laughs> I'm Ted Cluck. Joined you just by said, you just said everybody. <laughs> joined by my good friend and partner in radio, your mind. <laughs> Jimmy the sec- Greek Snyder. I'm pretty secure in my uh, my fashion sense, boys. So I, you know, uh, Ronnie does Ronnie. That's Piper okay. at, you know. That's true. When it I comes to fashion, agree I with what you're saying. Well, yeah, you, I mean, as a, as a, uh, as a longtime athlete, I know that both in, in, in both yeah. areas, you're like, man, yeah, there, there have been times like I wish. And, yeah. uh, no. and it's true. And here's the thing. I, I talk to fellow, fellow black pastors about this and I'm like, how, like, how do you, how do you pick what you wear? And they're just like, yeah. it looks good on me. And I'm like, it does. And it would look so dumb on me. We are, we are, <laughs> we are in different categories. <laughs> You are absolutely. absolutely right, and I'm glad I'm not trying to imitate you in this area. On this level, pipe. I was at a I was at a college basketball game recently, and uh, there was a white dude who was wearing the kind of tights where like one one side of it goes down like all the way down one leg, and then there's no tight on the other leg. And everybody in my party agreed that like unless you, I don't even know what white dude could get away. from could get away with that historically but uh this this kid playing for like lee university definitely was not pulling it off <laughs> yeah um, it, level of athlete makes a difference there you know like Ty- yeah. tyler hero for the heat could probably pull it off uh jason yeah. williams back in the day like you look at some of those guys you're like yeah they, they could pull it off but again you're talking yeah. they, they have reached the league they are among the better players in the world sorry division yeah. three athlete not you <laughs> Exactly. I mean, dude, there's something to be said, like, so my, my hot take is just, mm-hmm. there's, there's something to be said for anybody just dressing what, how, you know, what, you know, dressing who they are, what makes them comfortable mm-hmm. and is just not so self-conscious about it. You know, it's like, yeah. just do just wear what you wear. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's going to fit a particular style. It's going to put you in a particular category. You just got to deal with that. And, yeah. uh, but just yes. do, like, for me, like, I have to, like, I, like if I'm, if I'm not, if I'm wearing something I'm uncomfortable in, it literally affects my output. You know what I mean? That's like, like, <laughs> it's that's so true. Yes. It, it just totally does. If I'm uncomfortable, like I'm so conscious of it that like it's tweaking the way I communicate. So mm. I just, I got to kind of wear something that I know I'm not even going to be thinking about. I'm totally comfortable. I'm not even thinking about it. And so that I can concentrate on the task at hand. But All right. You know. So of all the guys in our tribe... Who who would be the most likely to try to pull off a suit with athletic <laughs> shoes? I've got two. I've got two in mind. I think they're they're That's both sneaky. Uh, but I, I've got a couple. But I want to hear from you guys. Uh, mm. Thinking through like people in our tribe. Who who are we going to see trying to pull off the suit and sneakers? 
deal. I feel like KDY would do it, except he'd do it with like white walking shoes. I, I had KDY. He was on my list. Yeah. Like he's he he's not done gonna, that though. I feel like he's, he's not going to get a like pair of Jordans. He's going to wear like Etonics or you know Avian whatever walking yeah. sneakers. I mean, I feel like you're giving him a lot of credit that he would even do that though. You know well, I mean? here's the thing about KDY though that that kind of makes this make sense because I I had him too. He was on my list. Um, KDY is sort of sports adjacent in that he follows sports, he watches sports, so he's he's putting in some reps with like the NFL Today pregame show where like it's a bunch of dudes in you know uh, Nikes and suits. So I could see him seeing that. And having it register a little bit, which is kind of why I went there with KDY. Yeah, um, that makes sense. I got another one, but I want to. I want to hear you give one, baby. I feel like I feel like I could, inv- maybe because I've seen him do this, but I mm-hmm. feel like I could see. I feel like I could see Russell Moore trying to wear the sneaks with his suit. I, I feel huh. like maybe I've seen that. Like, oh, he. I, I, so I I the have, New York I Times would do a piece on it for sure. I have. I have inside. I have inside input on this. Um, mm. he wouldn't do it with true athletic shoes. He would do it with like those sort of like patent, not those patent quasi, leather, but yeah, the yeah, sort of yeah. quasi sneakers, like the high top sketcher kind of brown like shiny athleisure. Yeah, yeah athleisure, exactly. They're, pretty, pretty they're like nice. athletic dress shoes kind of thing. Yeah. hundred percent would wear those, but not I mean, like, I would... not, not Jordans, not Yeezys, not like, he's not, he's not going in. He's not, he's not a sneakerhead. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Who do you got? In, who do you got in mind, T? Uh, I've actually got at Jared C for this. Oh, 100%. Because I feel like he's sort of fashion adjacent in the same way that KDY is sports adjacent. Um, and I, no, I feel no, you've like... hit that. You've na- you nailed it. I've seen, I think I've seen Jared C with kind of the, maybe not the full suit, but like the jacket with yeah. the casual t shirt with slacks, yeah. but with like the, the Jordans or whatever. Yeah. Cause know. Jared C will like from time to time, he'll, um, He'll pull up in like a Ramones T-shirt, and I'm just like, "Oh, you, we're being that guy!" Wow, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that was in there. But uh, yeah, yeah. so I, I could, I could see him trying to be this guy. But I mean, Jared C is quintessent. Like, okay, so I'm obviously gonna get in trouble for this, whatever. But like, Jared C is <laughs> he's quintessential. Like, I think dude that maybe quite literally does not care what he's wearing on any Interesting. level. Like he wears, okay. like he wears a Ramones shirt. Not because he thinks it's cool, but because yeah. he loves the Ramones. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. way different than being like, well, I, you know, all I'm, I'm putting this at outfit together. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that dude is not putting outfits together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, his mind just doesn't operate, I don't think, in that sort of like, you know, in, in that terrain. You know? Dude, let, let me ask you both a conceptual question along these lines. Um, I don't know what year it started. But it was sometime in the last, let's say, decade and a half that pastors, I mean, like everything else, it probably dovetailed with social media at some level. But like, I feel like prior to 15 years ago, the word pastor and fashion didn't even appear in the same (laughs) sentence. Like it wasn't even a category, right? It was not a thing that anyone talked about pro or con, positive or negative in any way. But now it gets talked about all the time. Do you think this is a net positive or a net negative? Well, um, I, I think that's very I tribal. Think it's weird. Yeah. I, I yeah. think I think the in, in in our world, the sort of whiter reformed world, what you're saying is absolutely true. But like 
in the more charismatic world in like the the more uh there there was a there's a lot of three thousand dollar suits on pastors and stuff like going back a long way sure. you know there, there's sort of a whole world of like the pastor the pastor dresses the part kind of thing mm. we just that's a world that's so different than the one that any of us have spent spent time in recently uh yeah. it, so I, I yeah and again i don't know that it was called fashion as much as more like in the same way that like a CEO wears a power suit, the pastor wears the preaching suit or whatever. It sort of had that same vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that tracks. I've got a hot take. Um, but I, I want to hear you on that previous question, baby, if you got anything on it. Yeah, I think, okay. So I agree with everything pipes said. I think the other aspect to it is I think there's been this push and it's more visible now because it's social, but like, I think, I think there's a push for pastors to be relevant and mm, there's mm-hmm. this sense of like, oh, no, the younger generation. Oh, no, the younger generation. Mm-hmm. And so there's a like, for example, so I knew about I knew a, a large church that hired a consulting firm to come in, tell them everything they're doing wrong, tell them how mm-hmm. far back in the past they're still stuck. Mm-hmm. One of the so one of the dudes emerged and this is an older guy, right? A guy that is inching, I love where this is going inching yeah. up on retirement, right? Yeah. And so this guy, this guy ends up going from wearing his standard tie, you know, uh-huh. button down slacks outfit to jeans, sport jacket and semi casual shoes. Right. Okay. Wow. So that, so the consultant like gate said, nope, if, if you're interested in quote unquote, reaching the next generation, like this yeah. has to be one of the things that you do so that kids think that you are clued into their world a little bit because Nothing, no kid thinks you're more clued into their world than wearing like dad jeans, old sneakers, dad jeans and a pair of loafers. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. (laughs) So it was like, but dude, that's, but that's, especially if you're older and I mean, I'm getting older too, but, um, but if you're, if you're like, if you're like boomer generation, especially it's like, Mm -hmm. what I got to do something here because I'm losing touch with the, with the younger generation. You put all that stuff in quotes. Right. But yeah, that whole story fills me with like deep existential dread yeah it it does and and so like kind of kind of a serious question here like i feel like that story should fill everyone with existential despair in every part of it right like gigantic church consulting firm like telling the old guy how to dress like there's nothing christian about any of that like you could have substituted mega church for like uh, Fortune 500 company, or even like mid-sized town company, and and it would it would have been the same story, you know. I mean, it, it's 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 bizarre to me. I think I want I want to see a return to Schlump. I want Schlump to make a comeback. I think there's an inverse relationship between the level of pastoral fashion and probably the quality of preaching and theology. Give me Schlumpy. Well, I mean, dude, there is, okay, so dude, there's a ton of schlumps still in existence. (laughs) Yeah, it's still going strong. Don't worry. Schlump is alive and well, man. I'm here for schlumps. I'm, I'm their advocate. So I'm an ally there. I'm, uh, I'm all about, so like where I land on that is just put in, put in a little effort. That's, that's where I land on it. Comb comb your hair. Yeah. I I mean, seriously. Slumpy pastors are like happy moms. There are a lot of them and you just don't see them on social media. So it's yeah. Again, you know, those are the people I like more the, of that. The, the the public ones are all the ones who like in pastor world. It's the fashionable ones, which is gross. Yeah, 
And it's like the, it's yeah. the moms who are like, I'm trying to overcome all these struggles and we have piles of laundry for days. Whereas like all the content moms who are like, you know what? I kind of love my kids and life's challenging sometimes. We're doing okay. They don't post about it on yes. social media. Slumpy pastor, happy mom, same kind of category in terms of how they, how they mm. posture. So I, yeah, it, don't, it's don't so worry. Funny. Like, it is. like p- polo shirts and khakis, uh, ill-fitting dress shirts, you know, instead of like the perfectly slim fit, slight paunch instead yeah. of jacked. There's tons I'm of there. those guys. I'm They're everywhere. It. So. Yeah. Dude, I have a I have a friend who I I have a friend who I know does not listen to this podcast, but I mean, he absolutely 100 fits into that category. And I'm being totally honest with y'all right now. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I I just I don't have that in me. And I wish I did. This is not this is not being some weird self deprecating thing and nothing like that. But literally, like he is so that like literally to even to even think think for him to even think that he would spend more than one second thinking about what he's going to wear on a Sunday. Like, mm. like he, he would, he just looks at me like I'm from another planet because yeah. it's just, it just does not compute for him. Like he didn't, yeah. that's just not the person he is. And mm-hmm. so he's, but he's being his, he's just being who he is up there. And like, I'm all, I'm here for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I love it. I yeah. dig it. Yeah. I, yeah. I have a question for, for you guys. Cause I'm, you know, I turned 40 in a couple months. And so mm-hmm. I feel like 40 is 40 is official middle age. You know, I don't feel oh, old, yeah. but I'm like, I'm middle aged. I am no longer You're not, young. You can't fake cool. anymore, Pipe. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what does it look like? Because p- part of what you're describing, Ted, is people dressing their age. You know, when a yes. guy who's when, yeah. when when Louis Giglio dresses like a college student from 2004, you're like, come on, man, you're 67 <laughs> years old. That. <laughs> No, but so, he's 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 got a, the testosterone of a nineteen-year-old flowing through those baby, artificial reaching, veins. He's reaching yeah. the younger generation. Absolutely. Yeah, the consulting firm did wonders for him. Uh, what? Yeah. What? Uh, what does it look like for a forty-year-old to dress his age? Well, pipe. So here's the deal. I, I've been having. It's so weird you say that, dude, because I've been having convos with people about that recently, and I, I'm telling you, like. We're already we're we're kind of done in for that because I'll I'll be honest with you when you look back when you look at pictures of my dad at 32 that mm-hmm. dude was dressing exactly like his 70 year old dad and this was mm-hmm. back like in whatever mm-hmm. the 60s or 70s or whatever right like right. like so so fashion really has progressed there's a reason why older people look younger and some of it I know we have better medicine we got that you know we got all that stuff is better so that that's part of it for sure. But like fashion has really leveled itself out in the last, I would say, three decades in the sense that like we just look young. We just literally dress younger than our parents did. So there's not a huge like there's not like a huge fashion disparity between like a 20 year old and a 40 year old and a 40 year old and a 65 year old right now. All <laughs> clothing is kind of all the same in a weird way. See, out. My take on that pipe is that we've market corrected too hard in the opposite direction in that 40 year olds. Yeah. Back, back in Ron's dad's era, 40 year olds dressed like their 80 year old dads. Let's say, I think today 40 year olds dress like their 17 year old daughters and it's ridiculous. Right. So like in the self same way that, um, I don't know, a freshman at, at the college where I teach, she'll wear like a, a super baggy sweatshirt over a pair of tights or whatever. Like that's what all the moms are wearing. And it's strange. So I think, I think we've market corrected too hard. I, I think there's a, there's a dressing for your job piece that's yeah, in here too. For sure, for 
For sure. Where I don't know, call call me old fashioned. Like if if you're a pastor, don't don't try to dress like I don't know, you're in Tony Hawk Pro Skater too. Like no nobody's buying it. It's it's ridiculous. Like you're forty, you're a pastor. Um, I don't know, have some respect for the office, I guess. But uh as as for how to how to do this well again and we don't spend a ton of time like in each other's presence i feel like you do this well pipe i I feel like you've always dressed age appropriate um i mean i wear flannels and jeans like 70 percent of the time and i feel like that sort of you you can go from about 20 to 60 in flannels and jeans so i mean yeah like flannels and jeans works yeah it's true yeah exactly that works when you're 85 you know so i think you're you're positioning yourself well here, Pipe, for a nice run into middle age. But I mean, I think um, that's too, though. But like, you can't deny that like that, that, that has become a fashion staple. Like my dad was a casual guy, but he wasn't wearing, he wasn't doing flannels and jeans. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't doing something that would have kept him categorically sort of like in, in this classic fashion category. You know what I mean? So like yeah. that has <laughs> yeah. been presented to us as an option. And I, and I think it's a great option. I think it looks great. It's classic. You know, like back when my dad, like when my dad, my dad couldn't say, hey, I've just been wearing Chuck Taylors my whole life and that's just all I wear. And that's, that's its own thing. Like I can say that I've been wearing Chuck Taylors since I got my first pair at 11. That's kind of just what I wear. Um, but like my dad didn't have the opportunity to say that because those were basketball shoes back when he was a kid. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. It's just like, even that, like, it's just different. There's like new categories for all that kind of stuff. I think it's actually better. I also think to your point, Big T is like, yeah, dude, you can. So here's a great example. Like there's certain places that I shop that I shopped at 20 years ago that like, I just don't even shop at anymore because I'm like, no, dude, that's just categorically 20 years too young for me. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I just don't, I just don't do, I just don't do it right because it's, I'm looking right. at it. I'm going, I can't wear that baggy sweatshirt that says, yo, on the front. You know what I mean? Like, like I, can't, <laughs> yeah. I, like, I can't be ironic. Like my daughter could wear that and it would be ironic and it's fitting, but mm-hmm. it's like, dude, you really shouldn't do that. Yeah. 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 There's a try hard element to where, to, to your point, and we, and we, Ronnie, you and I, especially, we both enjoy like, self-expression probably to a fault but but you know i like to push like i like to make an effort i like on some days or in some context to sort of i don't know say something i guess with what i'm wearing and it's it's nothing huge right but it's just like it's kind of the i don't look like everyone else flex and however you do that flex is however you do it but um I enjoy doing that, but I, I don't ever want it to sort of deviate into self caricature, you know. Right, and I think sure. I, I think that's where you like get off the rails with fashion sometimes. <clears throat> but um, here's another question, boys. Actually, I got to throw in an ad break, and then on the other side of it, I've got a related question. We'll be back in two and two. All right, boys, we're back um, talking about fashion, talking about growing older. Um, Maybe we've talked about this even on the program. Now it strikes me that we may have had this conversation. But uh, Piper, with you turning 40, this is a huge milestone. We're talking about fashion and we're talking kind of about this spectrum of basically how much should I get noticed versus how much should I just kind of recede into the backgrounds. And I asked this question of my, my students the other day. At what age, as a guy... Do you stop being a guy? 
<laughs> and what I mean by that is this. Like, if you're at the mall and there's a group of girls of indiscriminate age, let's say, it doesn't even matter how old they are. They could be 40, they could be 20, they could be 17, whatever. And they walk by you. Are they referring to you as a guy or a group of guys? Or are you just like now an invisible middle-aged man? And at what age does that start? Hmm. Does that question make sense? Yeah. Because we're not guys anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that ship sailed a while ago. I don't know exactly when it sailed, but we're not guys. I think you just become... I think you just become old enough to be somebody's dad. Yeah. And, yep. that's, yep. and that, that's what kind of moves you into that. Yeah. That moves you into that category where it's like, yeah. oh, dude, you're, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and yet my, this, this is the year in, in our house where, I mean, I have, I have two teenage daughters. One of them has been a teenager for several years now, but this is the year that it feels maximally teenage in terms of mm-hmm. she she's she's got her license she's out with friends all the time uh you know full teenage life which is great for her and it has squarely yep. put me in the category of like of just dad you know which is yeah. really freeing it's really nice to just <laughs> yeah. like there's there's a lot that goes with it you're like oh i don't even have to try at certain things anymore and uh you get to make yeah. dumb jokes and all you get, my my goal is to get eye rolls out of her and that kind of thing um yeah but i think it's also like if if I was at any public place and there was any group of women, I'm like, yeah, this is just, just dad category. And that's, uh, that's beige, that's background, that's part of the scenery yeah. that we, you know, yeah. it's not so different than an employee at a place, you know, they're just sort of yeah. there out of necessity and, uh, and occasionally sure. they do helpful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're basically a fly on the wall. Um, and it, it's, it's kind of freeing actually to not have to be such a guy. Um, I have another question on on this level for each of you. What's the most like quintessentially dad thing you do? Because I've noticed, and and my kids are a little bit older than yours, Pipe, but I have a 16-year-old still in the house and a 20-year-old at college. So kind of same deal. We're in that teenage, early 20s window. And I find myself kind of subconsciously doing dad things. What's what's the most dad thing you guys you guys do? Oh, man. I got a couple. Uh, so I think so I got a really old kid who yeah. has a really, you know, old boyfriend. And by old I mean, you know, they're both in their late twenties, mid to late twenties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um but yeah, the thing the dad again, this may uh, this may be because of my dad, but yeah, mm-hmm. no it doesn't matter if we're all out together, I pick up the tab. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just, mm-hmm. you know, daddy pays. So mm-hmm. it's like these dudes, the combined income of these dudes is like four times what I make. Yeah. But like dad yeah. picks up the tab. I just, right. yep. it's not even a question. My, like my daughter <laughs> would probably fall over and perish if like I didn't pick up the tab. It's like the expected yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, and that's, yeah, Mike, that's, not, you? that's not just being a dad of daughters. Like my dad does that. And he has, yeah. he has five grown children, all of whom are pretty well established and take care of ourselves just <laughs> fine. And uh, I mean, I don't know what our respective incomes are relative to one another, but any of us could pick up the tab and dad gets it. And, uh, and yeah, none of us sure. bats an eye, you know, at, even yeah, though we're middle-aged men. Um, I think Love it. We, we are at the stage <laughs> of like, turn off the lights. I'm the light switch guy. Oh. Uh, you know, among yeah. th- that, th- there's sort of a category of things. Shut the doors, turn off the lights, put your dishes in the dishwasher that kind of stuff. But I think the most dad thing I do is not so much those. It is 
um, I, I reload the dishwasher because there's a right way to do it. And so like yeah, my kids dude, will kind being of a psycho about that dishwasher. Yeah. Wow, very wow. dad. So my, yeah. my kids unload the dishwasher because that's everything has its place in the dishwasher. Apparently only I know the place that everything goes. And it's, it's a little bit like loading the car for vacation. You know, there's uh you, you can kind of Tetris all the stuff you got in a there vision for that thing. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's, that's the dishwasher. You're like James Cameron, you're directing that movie, you know, <laughs> you know how it's supposed to look. And there's, and there's just this, there's this profound it. and disappointing sense of satisfaction when you like, you kind of sit back and cross your arms and you're like, I got all the dinner dishes and the cooking stuff into the dishwasher. And, uh, and nobody cares. It's not, everybody else has walked yeah. away 15 minutes prior and has, has left Truly you to do the work. Cares, yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you have that revelation. Not even the people listening yeah, to this so podcast. Hard, except for the other dads who no. do the same thing. No, they care. They definitely care. Um, yeah, along those lines, I've become on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, whenever we do presents, like a psycho about the the discarded wrapping paper going immediately into a trash bag. <laughs> yes. I'm that guy. Same. Oh, um, I, I plan yeah, ahead on that I wanna, stuff. I bring, I bring the trash bag. Oh, me too. Yeah, I bring it out. It's a, it's a part of the scene, dude. And uh, I want to keep that room nice and tidy. And, um, dude, the other one in this one, this one kills me that I do this. The kids will be like watching TV on the couch and I'll come stand behind the couch for a couple minutes and just stand there and watch. And it, it drives me insane when my dad does this. And now I've started doing it and I hate myself for <laughs> you're it. You're just kind of brooding. You're kind of you're letting just kind of, you're just kind you're, of standing there and you're, you're letting you're, him know you're showing him, Hey, I'm here. This, my presence is. Yeah. My presence just, is here. Like you're enjoying it 30% less now, you know, yeah, you I'm, just I'm ruined the room vibe. Everything was relaxed. And yeah. then it's like, ah, everybody's tense waiting for dad to say, <laughs> Hey, can you get this thing out of the yeah. car, clean your room, whatever. And then you just leave and Dude, it's totally. like, Oh, good. That's that's much yeah, better. Dad's, dad's, gone. dad's the ruiners, the ruiners of vibes, the world. Yeah, over. Vibe, vibe killer, human <laughs> what, vibe um, killer. Here's yeah. a, here's a quest based on the yeah. first one, Big T. Yeah. Um, this is for both of you guys. Um, mm -hmm. What? Why do dads through the years? I mean, on a general level, not every dad is like this, but why? Why does? Why do most dads become so gosh darn efficient? Why is efficiency mm. like yeah. one of like the earmarks of like dad life? Why is yeah, that? That's a great question. I am freakishly efficient. Um, it's a little flex. I think just because you have to be, because when your kids are young, they're idiotic. And they're the, when, they're the when, antithesis. When does young stop here? I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're still waiting for it. It maybe. never does if you're a parent. Okay. They're yeah, always, but they're like... Wonderful. They're like the opposite of efficient, right? And so... I think as dads, we double down on efficiency and, and we're, we're thinking thoughts like if we're ever going to get out of this house to go anywhere, I got to step it up. I got to double down, you know? Um, and you just do that so often day after day, you become a psycho with, I just even, think we're, like, yeah, that's realizing. good. I think yeah, we're true. always trying to, I think we just, we get more comfort driven and we're always trying to pre-plan for what's going to give us the most rest, Yeah, you know? And it so, never works, right? Because it something, never works. Ever. Something always intrudes. And it's usually the intrusion comes from somebody who's blissfully unaware and just enjoying their life. Like they, <laughs> they come in and like wreck your evening, you know, that you worked so hard for. Then they were having but, such a good evening and then they stepped all over yours. Yeah. Yeah, but exactly. Either way, but either way, like the like, so it's funny. So to even like do work ahead of time to plan for rest later, you're still doing the same amount of work. 
you've just so, you're just doing it at a different time. It's so funny. All we're doing is replacing. We're just yeah. We're placement people. Is what well, and you're putting a bunch of pressure on your rest time to deliver something that it probably can't deliver. Correct. Right? Yeah. You're think, like, I worked so hard for this. This movie has to be perfect. <laughs> like, it has to be the best experience of my life. And uh, yeah, then you're just kind of perpetually. I think that's a phase in life thing too, though, because yeah, when 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 you are responsible for getting your kids places, you are a hundred percent basically being like, look, if I don't carry this load, this load will not be carried in terms of getting, yeah, like getting yeah. out the door, getting anywhere on time, getting the car loaded, get, you know, put your shoes on kids, all this stuff, because, you know, m- mom is doing her own ton of heavy lifting to like make the kids be human and, and dressed and whatever else. And you're like, we, I will be the efficiency guy, which is usually working at, at counter purposes or at least counter attitudes <laughs> to everyone else. Totally. But, uh, but yeah, totally. it, it, it is, it is absolutely an overcorrection from the, the useless psychosis of children. Dude, absolutely. hashtag dad life, man. <laughs> Boys, I'm going to be the, uh, freakish efficiency guy in the program and, and pose a little, a little logistical question. Should we hop off the main show and try to do a quick Patreon? Uh, I got a hard out in seven minutes, but we could do, we could do like a micro Patreon. Let's do it. Um, or, yep. okay, let's do it. Uh, boys, we've done what we always do on this program in that we've wandered to and fro throughout several topics. And until next time. We want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hello, hello. Quinice Petway here, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. Are you someone who loves to take a deep dive into God's Word, one verse at a time, to explore His will for your life and desire to draw closer to Him? If that sounds like you, I'd love to invite you to head over to lifeaudio.com and search your daily Bible verse to tune in and subscribe for daily inspiration, life application, and spiritual transformation through the in-depth exploration of God's Word.